What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 47 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I am joined today by the associate head wrestling coach at Army West Point, Scott Green. How are things going down in the Hudson Valley today, Scott? They're going well. It, uh, it might rain tonight, but we've got a nice, uh, got a nice stretch of weather and, uh, you know, one of the most scenic places in the country. So we're fortunate and uh, every day is a good day to be a black knight. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful area down there. I, I was, I, I guess not stationed, but, uh, I worked at Sing Sing, which is a little okay. bit further down the sure. uh, Hudson. Um, I was mm -hmm. there for like two years until I got transferred back up to the North country up here, but yeah, no, it's a great area. Um, I never went down to West point. I was always across the river on, I took nine down from Fishkill instead of nine sure. West or mm -hmm. any of those ones, yep. but, uh, yeah, yeah beautiful gotta area. Get you on campus. Got to get you on campus for a match or something this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's a great campus. Um, it'd be an honor to be attend a duel there. Um, yeah. so let's talk about when Ned Shuck took the job at Bellarmine. Um, you know, it opened up a great opportunity at Army West Point. You know, how did things unfold with you applying for that position? I had uh, you know, talked to Kevin a few years earlier about the potential of of, of taking a job at West Point. Um. And it just didn't materialize. It wasn't the right time to, to pursue that to its fullest uh, at that point in time. I was still at SEM. There were still things that I wanted to uh, accomplish there. Um, so, you know, uh, we had stayed in touch. Uh, great guy. Really, really like him, like what he does uh, here and the way that he coaches. So we had kind of stayed in contact um, through, you know, recruiting my kids and just being friends. Uh, and when, when I saw that, uh, you know, Ned was a finalist for, for that job. Eh? I knew he was going to get it. Um, he's going to do a tremendous job there. Such a, a good coach. Um, and, you know, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I think uh, Kevin's probably going to call me pretty soon here. So we better start thinking about this again. Um, it's, it's a different time. And he didn't call me for a couple of days. And I thought maybe I, I was wrong, you know, uh, but then he did. It was right before I went to Fargo. So had a, I had a long bookend of bus rides and seven, eight, ten days in Fargo to think about it. Came back, uh, got down here to interview on a Tuesday, got offered the job on Friday and uh, accepted. So it was kind of kind of quick. But, you know, there had been a longer lead up to it in my thought process and my idea about it, um, you know, going back a few years. Yeah, it's kind of funny that you say that right before Fargo. So, I mean, I made the trip out to Fargo um, as a spectator. And my, a buddy of mine from the North country, Chris Adams, he was on the team New York staff and he must Absolutely. have been at it. You know, Chris. Yeah, sure. Spent a lot of time with the New York guys out there. Um, you know, they were, they were always in the cafeteria because their dorms weren't air, air conditioned like uh, like Pennsylvania's. So yeah. I got to see them a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, he mentioned about the air conditioned dorms too, but, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, yeah, we, we started a rumor, you know, Scott Green's coming back to New York. Uh, he's taking over the RTC at Cornell or something. I don't even know. They <laughs> it was a bogus rumor, and then you're like, you said something to him, and then you know you took off. Which I think it's funny now that obviously you got the job. Um, yeah, they didn't know, I guess, what it was about, but you obviously, you know, you had wheels turning. Uh, they were in motion. So yeah, I'll tell you that story. We were sitting at that dinner, like I was talking about, and uh, you know, like look, I cut my teeth in New York, right? Um, I have a long history um, with it, and it was weird coaching in Pennsylvania um, in Fargo after years and years and years of, of, of coaching, you know, at New York and even preceding Fargo um, going back to like cadets at Missouri and stuff like that. So um, we were just sitting around joking around and um, you know, PA is a, obviously a great place to coach in Fargo. You have a lot of kids and they, they do a good job getting everybody out there and, and so I was joking around, I'm like, you know, maybe eventually I'll come back to, uh, to New York and coach, you know, with you guys next year. And so that's when everyone was like, yeah, well, we're just going to, you know, throw some stuff out there and see if it sticks um, that you're coming back to New York. Uh, and I was like, well, you know what? Don't be surprised if that winds up happening someday. And then they were all kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. Is he serious? Uh, what's going on there? Um, and I, I hadn't made up my mind yet or anything like that, but it was, it was just kind of fun between friends and, uh, yeah, it, it got some legs and it got some life into it. So it was uh, it was pretty funny when it all actually wound up being true. I got like Harrington and Ussolini and those guys are like, you, yeah, you knew. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe I did. Yep. 
Yeah, that'll be a great addition to the New York staff again uh, for next year if you obviously decide to yeah. coach for mm-hmm. New York. No, no, no. I, 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 I loved coaching for New York when I was younger, um, and we had some really good years out there, um, both through, through, through my club uh, at the time, but also overall as a state. Um, and I'd love to see New York back on top and, and become relevant again um, in, in Fargo. So I'm hopeful that I'll get the, uh, get the invitation to, to consider being back on the staff. Um, I mean, along with that role, you know, obviously comes, you don't have to ride a bus with a bunch of uh, high schoolers to Fargo like you did this past summer. I mean, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's true. Uh, but I'll miss that a little bit. If that, if that winds up coming to fruition, I like the, the drive out there. I like the, the opportunity to see some of the country. Um, and, and I do think there are some, some, some secrets on those buses, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania is obviously doing it well um, and doing it right. So it's not really affecting anyone's performance being on that bus. So no. uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we took uh, we drove out to Fargo as well. Um, Joel Bear, uh, Joel Ferreira, and myself, um, and then we had the three three wrestlers that actually competed. But you know, it was fun. I think yep. we left around the same time the Team PA bus did, but I think we got there twelve hours before you did. Um, yeah, 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 you can you can make a little better time in the uh, in the car for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done that too. I've done that too. So yeah. Yep. It's a great trip either way. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about your, your roots, right? You're right. Now that you're back in New York, let's throw it all the way back to out in Western New York. When and how did yeah. you get introduced to the sport? Not that young, you know, I was kind of late to the sport middle school. Probably I went down, I wrestled at uh, Alden high school. Um, and I, I went to just a local club, uh, and we had an okay team, good coach, um, you know, good, good, wrestling around us but it wasn't anything that that we were known for or good at so I started wrestling in like seventh or eighth grade um at that point in time seriously um and then got to high school and 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 did okay but we I I fell in love with it almost instantly my dad wrestled in high school um like the section five area um so but he kind of waited to for me to want to do it before he, he pushed me into the sport. And so when I got in high school, I got involved with a lot of really great people with the Clarence wrestling club, um, kind of a legendary coach there. Um, Joe Rotundo, whose whose son, Tony, um, is, is one of the, the best photographers in the country. So, you know, the section six at that time, guys like Ethan Bosch, um, Shiflet, like Prescott, Roselli, Roselli yeah, of, right. Yeah. A lot of really, really good wrestlers. Um, from the area at that time. So it was easy to kind of get and get feel, fall in love with the sport. Um, so, you know, um, our team did a nice little turnaround uh, and wound up winning that division. Right. Which now seems silly to be so happy about, but um, it was, it was really kind of great. Um, and then I went to, to, to Binghamton from there. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, I would, nice that was shirt, the next the question. Way. Nice, nice shirt, by the way. Yeah. Right. Binghamton, uh, uh, coach Garcia, yeah. Go, Coach Garcia okay. hooked me up. Um, All right. Yep. Uh, that Joel Bear, uh, his son Carter, um, sure, just mm-hmm. committed there. So, absolutely, um, no, no, tough kid for sure. Yeah. Yep. I'll be going down there for the next few years. So, uh, yeah. But that was my next question, right? Um, what's in yep. the water out there in Western New York? Like you said, you wrestled and grew up with the same uh, with a uh, Roselli and Shiflet. Like, yeah. Um, you know, they went on to be successful coaches. Absolutely. No, um, there's, there's, I mean, like Jeff Prescott at that point in time, I mean, he's probably the, one of the, the greatest wrestlers in New York state history, you know, going on to win a couple, couple titles at, uh, at Penn state. And then, yeah, so there's, there's, there's a lot of guys who I think just love the sport. Right. Um, we went back to when I was at SEM, we went back to the Niagara officials tournament, which is a great tournament, um, you know, for, for the local area. And I saw a lot of the guys that I kind of grew up with coaching local teams too. So it's not just guys who have gone on to be, you know, division one head coaches or, or, or big time college coaches. There's a lot of guys that just love the sport enough to stick with it. So um, I think section six is pretty strong uh, and it's good to see a lot of guys from my era and, and, and beyond stay involved in the sport. And it's just, it's like any area, you've got your historians, you've got your guys who have been doing it forever and you build on the traditions that they kind of established and, and all of a sudden you got a program and, and guys want to stick around and be a part of that. 
Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about, you mentioned that you went to Binghamton um, yep. after graduating high school in 1993, as you yep. mentioned, in I think it was on flow. Um, it was titled a letter to my former self. And yep. you, you know, you talked about, you didn't quite reach your goals as a high school and college wrestler. You know, what made you <laughs> want to continue in wrestling and begin coaching at the high school level? I think I was coaching when I was in high school, you know, I think I knew, you know, uh, that, being being involved in an outside wrestling club and and, and traveling around uh our coach was coming to me for lineups right um and saying hey what are what is our best move here um so you know that really was a was a good indication to me that whether or not i was going to be a successful athlete in the sport which i wasn't um didn't mean that I wasn't going to be successful in the sport. Um, and then I got to Binghamton. I got to be around um, some, some, some really good coaches and some really good people there. Steve Erber, Mark Gumbel, um, you know, great job. Colonials before they, before we were the Bearcats. Right. Um, and to kind of see the tradition and, 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 and what they were able to achieve um, in the sport. Mark was a, a division three national champ for Steve the year before I came there. Um, so uh you know, I really kind of fell in love with coaching in high school. Um, and then that just kind of continued through my association with a lot of different people in New York um, that, that, that were successful coaches. I had a great relationship with Joe DeMio in, in Atwa in the Albany area. And that just, I think, seeing people that came before me made me want to be a coach and then continuing to, to get to guy to know guys like that um, made me want to be a better coach. So that's, that's kind of where it all came from. So you would say, you know, some of those coaches that you mentioned, even uh, Frank Sorenchinski, Sarge, right. That he would, you know, mm-hmm. from 93 after graduating in Binghamton to, yep. I think it was 2001 when, when he took the Oxford uh, head coaching job, you know, th- those were some of your mentors in the sport um, yep. as far as early yep. coaching career. No, um, right out of high school, right out of college, even my senior year of college, I think I coached at Newark Valley for a year, which was a great opportunity for me. And then I coached under UE. under Frank, under, under Sarge at UE for a couple of years. Right. I coached at Shenango Valley um, for, for a few years after that. So I kind of bounced around a little bit, but um, yeah, um, as an assistant coach, but then taking the job at Oxford, um, that was my first head coaching gig and I felt really prepared for it kind of steeped in in section four tradition at that point in time and then I think the other thing going on on the sideline outside of the high school coaching gig was the creation um, and development of of the club of of, of Shamrock which really made coaching I don't want to say it was a full-time gig at that point because it wasn't um, but uh, you know full-time passion for sure and that's where where things really started to come together for me was was working the club um, along with with being a high school assistant and then eventually head coach. Yeah, so 2001, like I said, you take over the head coaching job at Oxford, um, Oxford, New York, right? It's a rural up, you know, mm-hmm. I guess I, sh- I shouldn't really say upstate, but I mean, as far as the where I guess where you're at now, they, they consider that upstate. But yeah, rural yep. New York school, um, you know, being mm-hmm. a pretty small town school with, you know, not a, I mean, not a ton of history, right? Besides the Clyde Cole. Um, yep. How did you go about strengthening a team and a program? And, you know, like, what was your main focus at a school like that? Well, we had good, good. I mean, they have a good youth club there. Um, and a lot of their better kids have been coming to Shamrock for a couple of years already. Uh, so, you know, we had the, the, some of the pieces in place. Um, and, and, you know, you, anytime you run a tournament like Clyde Cole, you're going to be able to attract some good competitors for your kids. So, you know, you, you take a, it's, it's hard because, you're filling all those weight classes with kids and you've got kids like, like, like JP O'Connor who was, winds up being a four-time state champ, Stephen Loomis um, and, and guys like that, who you need to get tested. But then that, that 12th, 13th, 14th guy might be strapping on the shoes for the first time as a, as a freshman in a school that graduates 70 or 80 kids. So you had to balance both up, both of those things out um, with your schedule. You had to, you know, have, have the ability to test your best kids. Um, but I think having the club, um, on, on premises at the time that I was there was helpful too, because kids who wanted to get better had the opportunity to do so. Uh, so that, that was important. And then, I mean, there's some, 
some legends. I mean, taking over that program, guys like 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 Kevin Gallagher, who's coaching at Minnesota Valley now. Um, he had coached at Oxford previous to me, and and Josh Potter was another good coach. So you know, Carl Koenig, one of the best officials um, in in Section Four history, was was my high, my my middle school principal. I was teaching English there at the time. So there's the foundation for wrestling in those small towns. You know this better than anyone. All over upstate New York. Oh, yeah. um, so. You know, and, and look, like, you know, you go one way, you're in Norwich, you go the other way, you're in Green, you go over the mountain, you're in Bainbridge. So every single one of those schools at that point in time was a top 20-ish ranked in the in the state type, type team with outstanding individuals on them and are all kind of in the same boat, right? Where who's, who's guys that are new to the sport are going to perform better um, and that's going to be the difference maker in those those good old, um, you know, I guess it was Mac, but before it was Susquehanna, like like the the, the conference duels, and right. it always, you know, kind of prepped guy, and all those guys were coming to club at the time too, and it really kind of prepped them to to be ready to to get the job done at states for section four. Yeah, that's well said about how you know how to kind of approach a small town school. You know, obviously where you have your Stephen Loomis's and your JP O'Connors. Uh, I think mm-hmm. a few months ago, you and I had a talk on Twitter, which I don't know really where, where, whose thread it was under, but it was talking about the studs and the hammers that came out of the 607. You know, obviously yeah. it produces a lot of talent. And a lot of those guys are your shamrock guys that you coached, you know, you had your hands mm-hmm. on. So, yeah. I mean, I'll just name off a few of them, right? We got Troy Nickerson, five-time New sure. York State champ. He's an NCAA champ, head coach at Northern Colorado. Then you got Johnny Bones Jones state champ. He's the light heavyweight. Well, not anymore, but he's the light heavyweight champ in the UFC. Probably one of the, the best fighters in the UFC history. You got his yeah, brother, sure. Arthur Jones, two-time New York state champ, played eight years in the NFL. He won a Super Bowl ring in 13. And then Donnie Vinson, NCAA All-American, current associate head coach at Cornell. Mm-hmm. You got Tyler, Tyler Beckwith, which he was right down the road from you at, at Green. Yep. Um, you know, he's a four-time NHSCA champ. And then, obviously, the duck, right? Kyle Dake. Um, sure. Two-time New York State champ, four-time NCAA champ, two-time world champ, and Olympic bronze. You know, did you know the levels of success that they could reach post high school? Yeah, um, there was a lot of talent in that club, um, and there was a lot of help. You know, um, there was there was years when Shamrock was the club at Cornell before Finger Lakes. You know, kind of came into existence. We we you know, had a model where we were working out at a bunch of different schools, Shenango Valley, Shenango Forks, Oxford. We had satellite locations at all of them. And, and the majority of the coaches in the area were on board. So, you know, you had some high school coaches. You had like a John Giacci, who was a four-time, you know, prep national champ at Blair and goes to Northwestern in the room all the time. You had uh, just like every high school coach wanted to be a part of it. It was really a good time to be cooperative. So, um you know, there were so many people that were, were adding their expertise. And then you just had the grinders, the guys like, like Rich Manning um, and, and Jason Goldman who were in there every day who weren't high school head coaches, but were, you know, throwing kids in their car every weekend, going to freestyle tournaments at Mohawk Valley or super six or, or Montreal or wherever it was that we need to go. They put kids in their car and took them there. Right. So the names you named are guys who got it done at the, 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 the next level. But, man, we had a lot of kids who, uh, you know, had great success in high school, too. Um, and, and not just like high school, um, like NISFA champions, but went out to Fargo, went out to Akron, you know, got on on the podium there. Um, so it was really a great era um, and a great thing to, to kind of be a part of and yeah, I mean, I think some of those guys stuck up at stuck out at an early age, um, and you were like, "Wow, this kid can do whatever they want in the sport, right?" Uh, but you know, those kids took their lumps when they were young too. <laughs> There's like kind of two different areas. You had like Nickerson, O'Connor, Eric Decker, that that group of kids coming through, and the other guys were young pups in the room at that time: Vincent Dake, Devin Brown, Tyler Beckwith, Jesse Carlin, guys like that. Um, so they were getting beat up a little bit by, by the better guys. And, you know, you couldn't turn anywhere in the room and not find a, a good group of three. Um, and some of those names have, have kind of gone on to cement themselves in, in New York and, and NCAA history. But, man, a lot of good – did you take a kid like, who, like Anthony Jerome, right, um, who not a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Anthony Jerome, Shamrock kid. But, man, driving like, kid, right? 
Yeah, Dryden, right. And mm-hmm. and he was at every practice. He didn't care if he was driving an hour to, to, to Bainbridge to practice or Oxford or wherever. And he's the first kid we had to senior level All-American. You know, he placed uh, fifth in, in, in the Greco tournament at seniors um, from, mm-hmm. from, from the club. So, you know, like, yeah, sure. Everybody remembers all the, all the big names. And I think like Doug Dake joked one year that, uh, you know, if Shamrock was a college, they would have placed like second at NCAAs um, <laughs> the year where we had a bunch of guys on there. But, you know, I think a lot of guys got a lot of value and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, great, great mileage out of being in that club as well. Um, and as it always is, it's like that, that pyramid that pushed the, the, the kids that we, we remember now to the top and then and, and win world medals and Olympic medals and NCAA titles and things like that. But there was a lot of other stuff going on underneath that I'm proud of. Um, and I think those kids are, are, will value that as well. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about JP O'Connor. Um, I don't know yeah. if it was after his third, uh, New York state title or his fourth one, but you know, obviously you, you kind of talked about your wrestlers and you want them to enjoy the sport. And I believe it was the Monday after him winning his third or fourth, uh, New York state title. He showed up in the room, right. Ready to, to get ready for the spring season. Or, um, I don't know if it yeah. was, you know, folks, folk style nationals or what it was, but it was in a newspaper clipping and we have a end of the season scrapbook that one of our assistant coaches make up and mm-hmm. he, he put in there, you know, JP O'Connor's in the practice room on the Monday after his state yeah. title and, and our state champ, because we had a, I think state champ, it was, whether it was 2005, or 2006, um, we had one or two state champs that year and they were ice fishing yeah. on Monday. They skipped school and went ice fishing. So it's kind of funny that, you know, obviously JP, his love for the sport obviously led him to, to Harvard, right. And to, to bigger and yeah. better things. You know, with a special group of wrestlers, you know, you have coach, whether it's JP O'Connor or the guys that we just mentioned above, you know, what did you preach to them while they were in high school? Love the sport, right? Be an ambassador for it. Um, when you get to college, and I'll tell guys at West Point this now, like I did at, at Binghamton, is like you you have to to love the extra workout. If you're dreading it, it's not gonna work out. It's 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 not gonna happen for you, right? Like the best kids that I have coached everywhere that I have been, I've had to pull them back. I've had to tell them to rest more. Um, I've had to tell them to, to recover, to focus on recovery, to take time off. Um, because if you don't, and, and some of them got it and embraced it and some of them are still fighting it. Right. <laughs> I mean, overtraining a little bit. So yeah, you have to love it so much that, that, that you want to be there all the time. And, and then you have to have somebody that's telling you, go ice fish, you know, uh, you know, go, go skiing, go, go do something, maybe not skiing, you'll hurt your knees, but, uh, but go do something different, find some balance in your life. Um, because you have to love it. You have to, and you have to find joy in it. Right. Um, can't just be like, it makes you happy. It has to like, like be something that, that brings you joy. Um, and a lot of kids that's, that's a challenge and they, they hit that hard. Um, when, they get to the next level, right? Or when that external force that's that's keeping them on track disappears, and they haven't internalized the the joy that they get out of it, right? Um, it's 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 got to be transformational. It can't be transactional. Um, and and so that's what I've always kind of preached to kids is there's going to be struggle here, but you have to find joy in the struggle. Um, it can't be just the results that you love you have to love the, the the struggle part of it too and the best kids they embrace that um and others they embrace it for a while and they're like come out you know uh <laughs> and, and 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 some of them get into coaching right um because they they still love that part of it they just don't like you know what it does to their body and what it does to them them mentally and emotionally but they still love the sport so you know there's a lot of pathways to stay connected i've had great kids that are tremendous officials now um and, and I think that's a great way to give back too, but, but, but love in the sport is the key. Um, it can't be a transaction. It can't be, I do this because I get this out of it. It has to be, I do this because I love it. Yeah. So you took that obviously telling high school athletes that now you took it to the next level. Um, in 2006, you were, you joined the newly reinstated Binghamton wrestling staff, which I mean, they had been reinstated for a few years at that time, but, uh, how did that opportunity yep. present itself? Uh, well, I just, I was at, I was at Oxford and, uh, 
Tony Roby had gotten a job and I had talked to him a little bit um, and we had kind of chatted and he was like, Hey, look, I need someone on staff. Are you willing to, to come down and join? And I said, yeah, I would love to. Um, so the next year I was going to be on the staff with, with, with Tony. Um, and then two days later he called me and said, Hey, just so you know, I just took the uh, associate uh, head coach job at Virginia tech. So I was kind of like, okay, uh, interesting. Um, so I was kind of standing on the sidelines, you know, I was still at Oxford, so I could have obviously stayed, but I had planned to, to go to Binghamton the next year. And I was going to see who got the job and, and, and what that looked like. And then, you know, when Pat got it, we met, uh, up, um, pretty quickly after he had gotten hired. Um, and I'd known Pat since he was a kid, um, coaching in Fargo, you know? Uh, and so it was a pretty easy transition to, to, to be on that staff, uh, and to, to try to, to make a little bit of an impact there too. Yeah. I mean, you, you were on the staff pretty much most of the time that Pat was there, right? I mean, obviously you left in 2010 and Pat was there till 2012, I believe. Um, but you know, in 2009, you had, yeah, that's correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So 2009, you had a NCAA All-American and Josh Patterson, Section 5 guy. Yep. And then in 2010, mm-hmm. Justin Lister um, out of Section mm-hmm. 3, he was an All-American. You know, being a North Country yeah. guy myself, how amped up were mm-hmm. you when he knocked off the three seed, Jesse Dong? Oh, my God. Um, like, Lister was that kid who, you know, I, I was recruiting him. Um, and I was like, this kid doesn't even really kind of know what, what college is all about. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and he gets down there and, and you're like, man, this kid is good. He has no idea how good he could be. Right. So talented, so athletic, just, you know, everything that you need to be a great wrestler, but he hadn't taken that traditional path, right. He's not a guy who's going to Fargo. He's not a guy who's doing that stuff. He's just going out there scrapping in the local tournament showing up to the state tournament and then just throwing guys on their heads right um and a lot of guys like like can't mix like all those guys yeah. are probably better than than like donnie benson in high school right um right. but they didn't do the other stuff and so like binghamton was a perfect fit for justin because he gets down there and he's got the guys around him that can show him how good he can be right um so it's like kind of up and down because you're like, you know, you're seeing, seeing the guys that you were reading about in high school and you're like, am I as good as them? And so, so Justin had times when, when he was like, just determined to, 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 to win matches. And he did it just on sheer will. And then other times when he was like, man, he couldn't beat anybody that day. And then to put it together, like he did at the tournament and to believe in the, the, I mean, like God, the guy must've hit thousands of cradles in the room that year you know from every different position and to just have the tournament that he did and the electricity that he brought um to the to the whole arena um as as a underdog kind of story um that that was pretty special yeah yeah I was in uh school at the time and our coach that actually does freestyle and Greco coaching uh Mark Daly he had it on yeah yeah he had it on the big screen Yes. So uh, we were sitting there in math class and he had it on the big screen and we were watching, actually it was the first few matches that he had, I think it was against uh, um, the Oklahoma state kid. And, you know, yep. we, we watched that match. Maybe, maybe it was a North Carolina kid, but uh, we watched those first few matches. And then the next day, obviously was this, this, the quarterfinal. So we, we could watch that, but yeah, we watched that in high school. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Now, but 11 Daly's, years Daly's my guy. Daly's one of those early guys who, you know, was really getting kids from that area. Who the heck did Loomis always wrestle? Um, Nate Slate. Slate, yeah, yeah. They had some wars, right? So, so he's a great guy, and he did a great job with the freestyle up your way, for sure. Yep. Yeah, Nate listens yeah. to this, so uh, I'm sure he'll get a kick out of that. Um, oh, my God. Some, <laughs> such good man. And, like, neither one of those guys knew the meaning of the word defense, right? So, right. like, every match was, like, 15 to 13, and Loomis is locking up. <laughs> um double arm saltos and Nate's taking him to his back with like just these powerful body locks he's built like a fire hydrant and those were some exciting matches to to be in the corner for and man yeah those are those are great ones yeah well, two great I guess, kids short story to bring up um at the eastern states i don't know if it's the quarterfinals or semis nate wrestled uh mike chairs um and yeah. he pinned him he, he they locked yeah. up and he launched him and he pinned him and uh daily was in the, the stands he was crying and obviously yeah. being a freestyle Greco coach, uh, you know, his, mm-hmm. his boy just pinned the, the Fargo national champ. Um, it was kind of fun. Yeah. 
I remember that match too. It was a hammer. Yeah. 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 Loved so, watching him wrestle. Yeah. So 11 years uh, later, after coaching at Binghamton with that staff that you had, Pat Papalizio is now the head coach at NC State. Papadados is the head coach at Hofstra. And now you're the associate head coach at Army. Throw in mm-hmm. freshman Donnie Vincent from that team, who is now the associate head coach at Cornell. You know, how exciting is that to have three of those guys, you know, in the EIWAs where you're going to see them quite often? Yeah, um, it'll be fun. Those those are always good times. I'm, I'm close friends with all those guys. Um, you know, they're, they're some of my best friends. Um, our families get together uh, all the time, too. So it'll be it'll be interesting. And obviously, I leaned on those guys a lot when I was going through the decision making process here over the last few weeks. And, and, and we lean on each other right when other opportunities come up um, uh, all the time. So uh, and, and Donnie, obviously, you know, coached him since he was 10 years old. So that's that's a good relationship, too. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Papadatos is like, what do you, you know, like, you want, you want to work at every other EIWI school except Hofstra, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it looked like after I left, too, the year after I left, throw Frank Beasley in that mix, too, right? Yeah. Um, as, as another guy who's gone from Binghamton to, to be a, a, a great head coach and look like our our grown up back then was Andy Saris. So that's not a bad guy to turn to um, on, on the Binghamton staff when you're looking for, for, for some guidance. Um, so those, those were super, every, every place you're at, you have stories from, um, and you have, uh, you know, some, some memories, but like taking a program from being back from the dead. And for me, it was my alma mater too right so it's incredibly special in in that regard but taking a program that i mean we couldn't beat anybody that first year we were bad 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 um and four years later we're we're 14th in the country right um that's special um those those were starting from scratch and 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 god loved the kids that were on that team you know um there's a kid named anthony esposito who's doing a great job he's coaching the best high school team in south carolina right now um you know, uh, and, and, and those guys, and they, they, they weren't your typical D1 recruits. They were just tough kids, but every single one of them believed in what Pat and, and everyone else was telling them is like, if we do this, 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 and this, we're going to be a top 25 team by the time you guys graduate. Um, and so like that first group of kids, it, it was, it was like, they're like, I don't know why they believed it. Cause sometimes I didn't, but, but Pat was so sure of it and they were like, okay. And then you start bringing in Josh Patterson's and, and, and Donnie Vincent's who are highly sought after recruits and, and Justin Listers and just hard nosed kids like Maddie Kaler, Corey Waite, like, like all those guys that just came in and bought in immediately and were like, we can, we can do this. I mean, like if you had told us freshman year, the, 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 the first year of that program that we we're going to be Hofstra. I mean, like not a lot of people remember how good Hofstra was at that point in time, but that was a pipe dream. You know, Tommy Ryan was there. They were spitting out all Americans every year and they were one of the top teams in the country. They were beating Minnesota. They were beating the best teams head to head and it, it worked. It happened. So bringing the team back from the dead um, to, to a top, top team in the country and, and getting guys at the podium. And in that short of time, that was special. Um, and I take stuff from those years to every job that I've done since then. Yeah, so the the success that you had there kind of led you into another opportunity, which was being hired as the head wrestling coach at Wyoming Seminary after the 2009-2010 season. Um, you know, back to coaching high school athletes, this time not in a rural New York school. And, you know, being a prep school, you have a team with goal-oriented students there for better academics and, <laughs> and athletics. You know, what did you emphasize at SEM compared to, you know, Oxford or just a regular public high school? Really nothing changed, um, you know, in terms of what your coach's message is, it's the same. Um, obviously, the goals are different. Um, you know, at, at, at Oxford, we were, we were about, or, or Shenango Valley before that, or, or wherever I was, we were about getting kids to, to look at wrestling as a vehicle to get them somewhere um, where they might not normally get. Uh, and that was always stated goal number one at Wyoming Seminary is win the college admission game. So, um, and it wasn't that different. And, and maybe it wasn't always college for kids at, at, at Oxford Academy or, or places like that. Um, or maybe it was just different colleges um, because of the, the, the level of, of, of wrestling. 
but it's the same thing. Like, like this is, this is your, your, your vehicle to propel yourself into a better situation. Uh, and at Sam, you're, you're going to get that exposure that you need and you're going to have those opportunities. If you, if you follow the plan, if you follow the blueprint, if you, if you do the things you're supposed to be doing, um, you're going to get there, but that has to be, be number one. So that means, you know, wrestling is a part of it, but academics is another piece. And there's certain schools that you're, you're going to be crossed off their list. If you, uh, if you aren't taking that academic piece of it seriously and lifestyle is a part of it. And, and so all those things, the wrestling part of it will be there for you. We'll make sure of that as coaches, right? We'll, we'll make sure we'll get you the exposure that you need, the context that you need, the schedule that you need to put yourself in front of the coaches that you want to recruit you. But you got to take care of the, the back end. You got to keep take care of the character, the citizenship, the, the academic part of it, um, or some of those those doors are going to close. So in your fourth season at Tom, you guys ended Blair's streak and Wyoming Seminary was crowned the national prep champions. You know, how were you able to develop a team full of hammers? And then in the, just those four years, I mean, I've got to mention first that you had guys like you had four New York guys on that roster. Um, yeah. the, the starting roster, you had Johnny Busiello, uh, Jimmy Overheiser, Ty White and Nikki Hall. But yeah, how yeah. are you able to develop the, a team full of hammers? Recruiting and development and buy-in. Um, and not just recruiting, like I remember my second year at Wyoming Seminary, um, I got a call from a kid and he's like number one kid in the country, but he had kind of gotten jammed up um, at the school that he was at. He was a really, really good kid. Um, he's like, I want to transfer to to Wyoming Seminary. I, I mean, I just told the dad I wasn't interested and the dad looked at me like, like, like he was like, what? You're not interested? My kids, kids are not, and I'm like, that's, that's not what we're looking for. Um, so every single kid that you mentioned there, you know, I don't think any of them were top 20 kids in the country, you know, they weren't mm -hmm. kids like, like we certainly had really good kids on that team. Um, but none of them were kids who were being recruited, recruited by Blair Academy too. Right. right. Um, they were kids who I knew had something that I could work with. Um, whether it was toughness or, or desire or, or love for the sport, um, you know, and so getting them to come some, I mean, to a couple of them repeated a year when they came. Right. So that's a pretty big sacrifice to, to do an extra year of high school. Um, when you, when you're coming to a school and I knew those four kids, all of them would be kids that would do whatever I asked of them. Um, and that's those were the kids that won us that title right um though that and nikki obviously developed into a top level high school guy um you know and and and, and i think you know probably ty was ranked um the last couple of years that he was there too but like like there's always like like a joke i had it with lister too um when he was at binghamton but ty white was like team silver right like he was second at everything um <laughs> And, and, and so was Justin in, in high school, but, uh, but like team silver and, and, and some guys would just, that would break them a little bit. Right. But, but Ty was like the guy who you never had to worry about him in the constant semis. Right. Um, some guys, you got to worry about him in the constant semis. You're like, Oh, they lost in the semifinals. They're going to do that semi slide. Like those guys were high character guys. Those guys were guys that, that I brought in because I knew, what they were, would bring to the table. Um, and, and we had other guys on the team like that too. We're just talking about the New York ones right now. Although time might be Vermont. We're not really sure where he's from. Uh, but uh, he's he, like, those guys were guys that if you wanted someone to, like if you, I always tell this story with wrestling to, to evaluate what type of teammate you are. And like if you're falling off a cliff and you throw your arm up and someone grabs it, when you look up, Jimmy Overheiser is a guy who you want to see holding your arm. You know, mm -hmm. there are guys that I've coached that if I looked up and I, they were the ones who grabbed my arm, I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm done. Right. Um, but, but, but Jimmy Overheiser is a guy who's going to find a way to get you back up, you know? And so like those, those were, those, those were the kind of guys we wanted, right? Like if you're, if you're falling off a cliff, I don't know why the hell you're falling off a cliff. That's, that's not the point of it, but 
if you are and that you look up and, and, and you see that guy and you're confident that you're good, that's the kind of guy you want on your team. Um, and, and so I, I think we built a team like that. I think we, 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 we obviously sprinkled in some, some great number one in the country type guys um, as well. Uh, but that, that backbone of the team was always high character guys who were leaders on campus on um, whether they, they were asked to be or were officially leaders or not. Um, they were, they were guys who the rest of the student body looked up to who transcended wrestling um, and were just super high character guys, guys you would, you want to see, um, you know, grabbing your arm when you're falling. So, I mean, that team kind of built into, you know, other successful teams as well. But, you know, if you – the whole mantra, if you build it, they will come, comes to mind with it, with a program like SEM. Like, you built that, the student athletes in, that were produced, you know, just not on the mats but off the mats as well, right? You had, I think, yeah. guys like Eric Morse. Um, he was one of your first guys. He went on to wrestle mm-hmm. at, or go to Harvard, right? I mean, he went to yep. a, one of the highest – institutions out there yeah. but then you had recently had guys like Bo Bartlett who was a four-time prep national champ who's now at Penn yep. State he's really mm-hmm. growing his brand but it all kind of started at Wyoming Seminary and yeah. uh, that re- in return yeah. grew Wyoming Seminary's brand as well sure 100 percent and and and, and uh, like Eric Morris is a great example because he got you know banged up in in college and injuries and he didn't his wrestling career you know, didn't, didn't maybe match his high school wrestling career, but he got the diploma, right? He graduated from one of the best schools in, in the world. So I think guys learn that too, right? That goes back to opening that door and keeping it open. A lot of guys, they get injured or they, they, they don't start or whatever it is. And they wind up transferring, moving around. Um, Jimmy Overheiser got that Cornell diploma, right? Um, yeah. And he's coaching now too. Um, so like, I think it's important to, 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 to see that those guys, I think almost everybody who graduates from SEM and SEM wrestling, um, like, like they learn that, right? Like they're, they're, they're going to continue to, to take things that they learned in Kingston, Pennsylvania and apply them to, to all their future situations. Yeah. So they obviously go to Kingston, Pennsylvania to, you know, go to SEM to, you know, not only help them, their their athletics, but their academics as well. You know, I know last year when one of uh, the wrestlers from our my area up in the North North Country, New York, um, he was actually a Messina kid. Him and his mom went down to for a tour, right? And he doesn't have the highest credentials and the accomplishments as a wrestler, but you know, he asked for a uh, a tour. You, you guys, you actually gave him a tour of of uh, the facilities mm-hmm. yeah. in you know Wyoming Seminary. You know, it's it's not necessarily about the the top guys. I think it was after your second or first prep national title you talked about it's the the second string guys the third string guys you know you have a a group of 40 guys in the room you know what do you say to a team of 30 and 40 wrestlers who might not start right away but are crucial to the program you want to be look this translates perfectly to my current job too like yeah that's what i was going to say army's got you you are here to be a part of something bigger than yourself and if you don't believe that you don't belong here um absolutely I, I said after we won preps the first time is we might not, and on that day we were the best 14 guys in the country, but we're going to win because even if there's a team that's better than us, one through five or one through 10 or one through 14, we have the best country team in the country, one through 25, um, one through 30, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's going to make us better um, because of that fellowship, because of that, that brotherhood. Um you know, you can depend on, on, on guys to put the team before they put themselves. Um, and, and so I'm excited to be at a place that values that as much as I value it. Um, and that was a key part in me making that decision. Yeah. That's kind of why I wanted to ask that. Cause obviously seminary, Wyoming seminary has, you know, 30, 40 wrestlers just on the male side and the, the woman's sides growing as well. But then, you know, you mm-hmm. go to army, which Zach and I had talked about on the, the podcast last year, like you guys and Sacred Heart, and there's a few other programs that have 40 Navy, plus wrestlers Navy, on the roster. Navy, yeah, Navy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, so I kind of wanted to hear that insight. So that's great to hear. But let's yeah. kind of talk about the the COVID lockdown. Content creators kind of exploded on the scene, right? I I'm not really exploding on the scene, but I, I obviously started a podcast. But guys like Zach Bogle at Stalemates did as well. You know, you yeah. came out. There's a Rockfin kind of exploded as well. You know. 
yeah. uh, founder Martin Floriani, you know, he gives yeah. content creators such a platform to, you know, share their news, their vlogs, rankings, podcasts, etc. One of the channels on there is Go Green, which happens to be your page. You know, you share a lot of wisdom and advice and, you know, what kind of stuff that, you know, values and principles. When did you decide to get on Rockfin? Pretty early. Um, you know, I'm a big Martin fan and uh, I'll tell you exactly when it was. Um, you know, for whatever reason, um, Willie was driving out with us to the Ironman um, that, that December and he was one of the first ones to jump over and he just started talking to me about it and, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, well, you know, yeah, let's try it out. Uh, let's see how it goes. I think I got some stuff and look like everything I put on there is stuff I used to put on Facebook all the time anyway. Right. So, right. so why not centralize it? Why not try to, to, to use a platform to reach a, a broader audience and, um, you know, um, put some stuff out there that I believe in and, and see if it sticks. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I love Martin. I, I love all those guys. Um, I think their, their passion for what they're doing is, is, a good fit for, for the passion that I have for the sport. Um, so it's just, it's, it's fun to, to, and it's not a job either. Right. So right. it's fun to, to, if I want to put six of them up this week, um, I do. Um, and if I want to take two weeks off, I do that too. Um, and you know, it's always entertaining to have whatever, you know, if there, I don't care if there's 25 people watching the videos or, or 125, uh, you know, I think that, the feedback that I get from people uh, makes it worth it for me. Yeah, no, I obviously enjoy watching uh, your videos on uh, rock and, yeah. and you, you know, your videos or Todd Kutry's, right. He shares his TFC Tuesdays. That's my guy right there. Yeah. my brother. Yeah, so, I mean, I obviously I love the advice that both of you give off. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. You know, the involvement in social media is huge. And I've noticed you gained a lot of control, like of the army's wrestling social media pages. You know, there's been more photos, videos, info shared, you know, with the majority of wrestling fans also on all forms of social media, why is it important to share to the fans, alumni, and onlookers what is happening at Army West Point? So the way that, that any program goes, gets better, is that you grow and you tell their story. Um, and that used to be you did it at a, a banquet or you did it, you know, um, in in your classroom or or however it was that you reached people but now you have all these different outlets to do it right so we are incredibly excited about the future of of, of army west point wrestling there's so much here um the, the beauty of the campus the brotherhood of the team the history the tradition uh and our job, my job in particular, is to build that community around it so that, that everybody knows how awesome it is. Um, so it's incredibly important to get content out there to, to reconnect with people who, who have been part of that experience. Army wrestling has been part of their lives, but also to bring new fans to the, to the brand, to the team um, that are going to say, wow, like that's pretty exciting what they got going on there in in West Point or, oh, hey, I didn't know this about, um, you know, a military academy or whatever it is, we have to, I have to, to build that and tell that story. Um, because we're not a major media sport and we're not, you know, no one's doing a 30 for 30 on, on too many wrestling things like, like that. So it's our job. That's part of coaching. That's part of, uh, you know, being, uh, uh, someone who does that is to, to build that in there. And, 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 and at first, the people who are going to consume that content are your diehards. Um, but then it gets spread, you know, and, and other people watch it too. And you bring some non-wrestling people to the table. Um, had a lot of success doing that at other places that I've been. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm determined to, to, to have success doing it here as well, you know? So I think it's ultra important to, to have that, like, we can't keep it a secret. We don't want it to be a little secret here that, man, we got some good stuff going on here. We, we want everybody to know. Um, and social media gives the, the, the outlet and the platform to do that. So now that you're at Army West Point, which, I mean, similar to SEM, you know, there's students that are student athletes that are goal oriented, not just athletics and academics, but, you know, at West Point, your wrestlers are being molded into tomorrow's leaders, right? They're serving yeah. our nation after their yeah. time there. You know, 
what is like coaching at a service academy? And, you know, how do you take approach to the wrestlers and, you know, those who you recruit? You don't have to spend one single second at, at Army West Point selling kids on the concept of brotherhood, um, of, of how important it is to, to be supportive of each other. The other places you needed that, right? You needed to, to, to foster that commitment to the institution and to each other. Um, because kids were coming from all over the place here, they come in with that. Um, so that's tremendous, right? Like there's, there's no time where I'm like, Hey, you guys got to take care of each other. Like, like that's part of who they are. Um, that's part of why they are here um, and why they chose to come here. So that you kind of got a head start on, right? So then you can just start getting down to, to, to brass tacks right away and, and, and being like, okay, what's keeping us from being, at the level that we want to be at and start working on that because all that other stuff, that, 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 that fellowship that I call it fellowship at, at, at other places, but here it's brotherhood. Mm -hmm. um, that's ingrained. That's, that's wool that's dyed into the wool of, of this institution. And you're right. Like this is, listen, like you could argue with this, but you're going to lose like West point is the, the, the premier leadership institution in the world ever. Uh, so, you know, like kids who come here know that and, and, and they're, 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 they're coming for it. Um, but a lot of people don't. Right. So I think that's part of our, 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 our next step is to say like, Hey, why don't you think you're a West Point person, you know? Um, and let's get you here. Um, because when you're around our kids, they're like, Holy cow, like, this is exactly what I'm looking for, you know? Uh, so, so having that, um, is is the key to 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 reaching out and getting more people to want to be a part of that because it is so strong here um and and you know like at wyoming seminary the boarding aspect of it was different because you got 15 16 year old kids living together so that was a really strong bond for for them but here it's everything together drill and you know military maneuvering and and, and, and all the stuff that they do that brotherhood of the the, the 44 hundred cadets that, that that go to school here is special um and that's readily apparent right away you're you're around them for for more than 15 minutes and you see it um you you watch them at the uwas and you see it uh so it's it's special it's great to be a part of and that's such a solid foundation that that everything that we do is going to build off of that yeah i mean talking about alumni and, and you know famous people that have gone through there i was searching it a few days ago with like you, Uselis S. Grand, Dwight Eisenhower, and General Lee, and even guys like that didn't go on to necessarily make an impact in the country that way. But you know, Coach K of Duke basketball, I'm pretty sure, sure he he graduated at uh, Army West Point. Mm -hmm. So Bobby um, Knight coached here. Bobby Knight coached here too. Yeah, yeah, no um, kidding. So I mean, that's yeah. huge. You know, with the history look, and the look. successful alumni that is has, um, you know, how do you get on board and you know start a plan to getting them involved in wrestling? Um, you know, obviously Rob Cole did a successful job at Cornell and you seem mm -hmm. to have done a good job at SEM as well with the locals too. So, yeah, no, we got to reach out to like, like, look, like if you ask people to name all the division one schools in New York, um, not a lot of people would remember army. It might take a little bit of time. So we got to connect ourselves to the New York community, right? Yeah. Um, we gotta, we gotta connect ourselves to, um, the local section one, section nine community, um, and, and start like reaching out to guys and saying like, Hey, I haven't seen you at a match. Um, how come, you know, or, or, Hey, um, you know, like, like what can we do so that we can work together? Um, that was big at Binghamton, right. Um, to get the support of the, the local community there. So those are things that we have to work on. Um, we want people to think of, of army, you know, I mean, obviously the, the hashtag I'm using that a lot now is America's team. Um, but, we want to be part of New York state wrestling as well. Everyone would name Cornell or Binghamton or Buffalo right away, but army, you know, there's no city like associated with it. You don't think you think, Oh, it's army, you know, but, but we have to be part of, of all of the different communities around us um, in order to propel things forward um, and, and, and get the fan support that we need locally um, and, and just tie things into it being a, 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 a big thing, right? Like one of the things we did at SEM um, was to build that Blair rivalry so that those were some of the most electric, you know, exciting sporting events that, that I've ever been a part of. Um, and we got to do that here too, right? Uh, 
we have to, to, to grow that fan base. We have to build that community. Um, and you know, I guess I've had some success with that. Um, so now I've got a challenge and, uh, something I got to pull everybody together and, and we've started working on it. Um, and we're going to continue to, to work on it, to, to build that brand out and to, to have army be a, a school that pops right into your head when you think of division one wrestling. Um, that's, that's the goal. That's the plan. Yeah. That's what I love to hear. Um, yep. so we talked about your, you sharing your knowledgeable advice on Rockfin and, and all the content that you put on there, you know, You've been on campus, I think, for just about a month now. You know, have you learned, or what have you learned, rather, from the the cadets and, you know, how their day is structured, right? They've got formation and they're training early in the morning, right? It's not like a regular college. Um, you know, what what have you learned observing It's that? a little more like a regular college than you think, and that's, like, kind of taking some of that mystique off. Um, right. one, one thing that um, – like, like they can, they can train in the mornings, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's, there's not as much military stuff in the, 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 the course of their regular weekday as, as a lot of people think. There's some myths that we have to bust, right? Um, the one thing I love about it is that school ends at the same time for everybody every day. So everybody practices. So other division one programs, that's not the case. Kids get rerouted in their major because the coaches don't want them to take a class that conflicts with practice right um like we don't have that problem it's more structured like a high school there's no night classes right so so the kids day school you know practice dinner and then back to the to to the barracks to the dorms to study um so there's time built in there to do what every other division one school in the country what all of our competitors are doing um in terms of of extra workouts and uh and, and that type of stuff. And a lot of people don't know that they, they, there, there's, there's myths that we have to bust. Um, we, we, we haven't had to spend, look like we haven't had to spend as much time doing some of those traditional preseason things because our kids are in shape all year round. They have to be their soldiers. Right. right. So yeah. we're not running up hills maybe as much as everybody else is. Um, but our kids are going to be strong um, when they come in because they're really focused on, on the lifts and the, the, the preseason training that we're doing. So pulling back some of that, that, that um, curtain and showing people that it's a little more like regular college than you think. Um, and the things that aren't regular college things, they're pretty special. You know, some of the traditions um, that, that, that are here uh, we've had visitors on campus that this year that we've just kind of pulled in and been like, look, you're coming to visit, you know? Um, and their, their feedback has been like, it's not what I expected it to be. Um, so that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. and that's part of the, part of the plan here too. You know, like what everyone's like, Oh, got a perfect kid. He's a perfect West point kid. I'm like, Oh yeah. Well, what does that mean? You know, what is, what is a perfect West point kid? Um, the army needs free thinker Edgar Allan Poe is a West West point graduate, you know? Yeah. So, so the army needs free thinkers too. They need people who maybe didn't grow up thinking I'm going to West point. We need those kids too. Um, but, but we need to, to be accessible and we need to show people that it's, there's, there's no mold. Um, we'll mold you when you get here, you know, you can come in and, uh, and we'll take care of that when you get here. Seeing some of your pictures on, you know, you're talking about your campus and the visit and whatnot, you know, seeing the pictures of the landscape of uh, Army West Point, right? It's, it's on the shores of the Hudson River and there's mm-hmm. very large gray buildings. You know, what's the most unique spot on campus that you think? Uh, it's gonna be hard to go like trophy point um is is right where they kind of decided this is the place the way the hudson bends um the defense of it um that's where kind of washington was like this is where we do it you know <laughs> um so so you know like k ward has hit a couple kids with while they're standing out there they're like look you know other places can talk about history but i can personally guarantee you that george washington stood right here you know Yep. And kids are like, whoa, you know, uh, so sitting out there, um, you know, that's my walk every day. I walk past that, you know, and knowing that what, what's gone down there and seeing all of the, the cannons that, that have been captured in, in battle, um, it's pretty spectacular, you know, uh, yep. there's just so many postcard moments, right. Um, the, 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 the big buildings, the, 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 the tradition, the dining, the, the mess hall is, is incredible. It's hard to pick one, but, uh, Man, you get your bang for your buck. You go to Trophy Point and walk around there for a little bit. It's almost got that Harry Potter esque feel. Um, I yeah, I looked mm-hmm. 
looked at a video of uh, the mess hall and I was like, oh man, that, that I mean, I'm not a Harry mm -hmm. Potter fan, but I, I've seen it once, but sure. uh, yeah, it, it definitely reminded me of it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, let's talk about the schedule. I mean, I'm sure the schedule yeah. was finalized before you were announced on staff, but you know, how sure. exciting is it to, you know, be competing against teams like Penn state? Testing our metal. Yes. You know, uh, the goal is to get guys on the podium at the NCAAs. And in order to do that, you're going to have to win a big match against the top ranked kid on the road. Um, so what better way to, to prep kids for that than to throw them into situations where they're going to wrestle top ranked kids on the road. Um, are we ready? We'll see. Right. Um, we have no choice. Uh, but our, our guys are excited about it. They're excited to, to get out there and travel. Um, you know, last year was a weird year. Uh, hopefully this year we're headed in the right direction. So there's, there, is there, is there an institution on the planet that's, that's more trained to, uh, to fight some big battles on the road? Um, I don't think so. That's what army does. Right. Yeah. So that's what we're kind of, kind of doing with the guys this year. We're saying, Hey, like, this is where we want you to be. And this is how we're going to get you there. Um, so, so, so let's go out and do it and let's wrestle let's wrestle everybody, right? Let's go out and uh, find the best matchups so that when, when March rolls around, um, you're battle tested uh, and, and you're ready. You know, what's the energy in the room like knowing these guys are competing in their first regular season tournament, um, you know, since the 2019, 2020 season, just under two months from now at the journeyman classic. Yeah. They're the, the everyone is, is charged up. Right. Um, again, like we talked about before, uh, got to reel them back a little bit. We got to make sure that we're not trying to win the NCAA. I told the guys yesterday, like, look, no one's going to leave this practice and go and find an NCAA plaque in your locker, right? If you had a good practice, great. Um, build on that. But if you had a bad practice, it's only bad practice if you don't get better from it, if you don't learn from it. So um, some you know, gave them today off, right? So some people are, are kind of rushing um, and, and we got to keep the, the reins on them and, and make sure they're, they're, they're recovering, but it's just a great energy. Um, and, and after last year with so much uncertainty, guys, guys are grateful guys, guys aren't looking at it. Like I have to go to practice today, or this is hard. They're like, just happy to, to, to be able to, to do what they love. And then I think that's probably nationwide, um, you know, uh, to, to, to have a little bit of, um, you know, normalcy back is, is a good thing. Um, I'm sure February 18th is circled on everyone's calendar or probably sure. starred rather um, as you guys travel down to Annapolis to face Navy yep. in the 66th meeting of army and Navy a rivalry mm -hmm. dating back to 1957. Now, how exciting yep. is it to be a part of a historic rivalry competing against a coach in a cola? Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Uh, that's what you want to be a part of, right? Is, is a rivalry. Um, you build that and you get something that means a lot to both communities. And clearly here it does. Uh, that that's just, that's what, what, what college athletics, what high school athletics should be all about. Um, and you can't escape it when you're here. Like everything is, is, is beat Navy. You know, there's a tunnel, a beat Navy tunnel. Um, everything is, is that, but you also can't lose sight of the fact that um, you want to beat everybody, uh, right? So it's you'd be fooling yourself if you you didn't think that things were a little heightened that week. Um, but you have to ask that to to, to keep perspective on, on the team um, and say, yeah, that's important. Um, but let's just kind of make it part of the process too. Um, and if we're doing our job, we're going to beat everyone. Kind of wanted to end this uh, conversation with, you know, obviously there's a lack of Wegmans in the Hudson Valley region. No, but, uh, there's, yeah. some, there's some surprisingly nice hiking areas. You know, what's been your favorite hike so far? Holy cow. Um, Anthony's nose yes. right now. Jeez, um, man, it's worth the climb. It's rough at the beginning, you know. Um, you're going to get a little winded, but it's a short climb, but the payoff is – spectacular um you get the the view of the bear mountain bridge there um yeah there, there's a there's a lot of good climbs here uh for sure um and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting all of them i think i gotta go to like jersey to get to a wagman so i usually do that um you know if i had had to head back to 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 kingston or something i'll just pick up some groceries from <laughs> from wagman's there but uh yeah um it's just a great place to be outside 
Um, it, it is. Uh, we've obviously had some rough patches of weather lately, but uh, got some good ones too. So you got to take advantage of that and get out and uh, get some balance in your life and, and, and get some quiet in your life. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of good ones around here, but, but I really liked Anthony's nose. Yeah, I, I've uh, hiked Anthony's nose as well. I, I would suggest actually going down to the Crow and on the Hudson. Um, it's a big dam yep, down there. That. Yeah, it's it's yep. a really nice area. Um, you know, I obviously yeah thinking you're so close to New York City, you're, there's it's really not a city like atmosphere or, or feel right. Right. Just 20 miles north of the city, mm-hmm. you're you're in the woods, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we could talk for hours. Um, I appreciate you sure. giving yeah. me yeah. one hour of your time tonight. I mean, I'm uh, pretty grateful. I appreciate for it. you having me on. Yeah, you know, you have um, no, anything no, else for us? No, I love what you're doing. Um, love seeing the, the 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 you're doing the same thing, right? Like you're trying to shed some light on some some New York centric uh, wrestling, and I think that's important. Um, and it's 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 great to see everyone kind of getting the opportunity to see how many people from New York are 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 deeply involved in the sport, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm glad to be a part of it again. Awesome. Thank you again. And I appreciate it. I'll be following along with the army West point and uh, yeah, good luck this season. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks again for tuning in to more wrestling. Go go army beat Navy. Yes, sir. Army beat Navy. Go army beat Navy. Peace out.